Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I am a recovering invincible addict. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jay, and I'm I've, I feel like I need to get Trevor a bouquet of flowers or something, I don't know, after his... Uh, after the murder of my favorite thing. <laughs> after the I, I bracket. so bad. <laughs> took out invincible yeah it was kind of humorous the so it was invincible versus warhammer fantasy and you know trevor did his posts where he uh tried as hard as he could to put his finger on the scales in the initial post <laughs> uh saying like you know if if you don't vote for invincible then you hate kittens in america and everything that's good in life <laughs> Which I think probably uh, backfired a little bit and led to some of the voting against Invincible. You're uh, saying like you think they troll voted it down? Oh, one. Oh, I guarantee it. Yes. Oh, 1, wicked, wicked. Okay, I love it. Um. Yeah. In fact, if, if I had, um, I I don't think the same you effect. Sure, like some reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. If if I tried to put the fingers on the scales for one of your guys's, um, you know, most loves, I think it probably would have worked. Sure, um, yeah. I, I think there was a big portion of it that's like, like, screw you, uh, you're the least liked host. Let's let us let us piss all over it's, your favorite things. It's essentially like, uh, like this is a, a bad analogy, uh, but like if you're in Idaho. And someone says, like, oh, yeah, Obama wants this law passed. Then everyone's like, oh, well, this law is going to be awful. It doesn't matter what the law is. So uh, it's, it's just kind of a funny way how humans work. But A terrifyingly <laughs> accurate description. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, excuse me. I'm Josh, and I voted for Invincible because I'm supposed to. <laughs> uh, but I, I, will I still haven't watched it. The, you haven't watched the, the Amazon series? No, I started Expanse season five, which, even though I know the plot, is making me nervous as all get out. <laughs> so well done. I, I think that um, Invincible was going to lose either way, uh, so to me it sure, doesn't yeah. matter. So I, you're I put, saying you're glad it's it's going to lose? It lost sooner? No, I think you were saying it didn't matter if he put tried putting yeah. his fingers on the skeleton. Oh, oh, I gotcha. Okay, yeah. It was so he he posted he did his initial post like uh you know if you don't vote for invincible you're an awful human being and <laughs> then just did like a somewhat vague book post afterward where he's like it's 
a shitty game anyways, and I hate everyone. <laughs> which, which was said, like, 99% tongue-in-cheek, and, like, everyone just, like, took it super serious. I'm like, whoa, jeez, guys. Okay, whatever. Yeah, who, who could have thought that, like, tone and inflection and uh, sarcasm, etc., could have been difficult to discern on the internet? The internet, no one's ever failed at those things before. I mean, I, I said two things. I said, I hate you guys, which was the tongue-in-cheek part. And then I said, it's the worst. It was an awful minis game, always has been, which was not a tongue-in-cheek part. It is an awful minis game and always has been. <laughs> it was also funny how people thought that uh, Trevor was talking about War Machine. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. The only person who did that was Menoth John, who didn't actually go look at anything else that was said. He basically just jumped to that part of the conversation, said something completely rude to me, and then walked away. And I'm just like, whatever, dude. <laughs> it's rando. Gosh, I missed all this drama. Yeah, it's not drama. It yeah, well. Probably because I was <laughs> napping too much. Yeah, so how's your, how are your COVID shrines to Nurgle going, Josh? Uh, I mean, my sweetheart went back to work today. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, because... I don't know. Cause she's is she hurt. is she wor- worried that like the building's gonna be on fire and? <laughs> well, I think it's mainly that she had procedures on the schedule that only she could do mm. today, and to reschedule them would be been pretty nasty. I mean, she's been she's been quarantined for the recommended amount of time. Right. But I'm like looking at her and I'm like, you are more insane than me, I guess, because she's definitely still dealing with <laughs> like nausea and. Uh, you know, just a general weakness. Malaise. Thing. Yeah, there you go. The reason they wrote that word, they invented that word. Well. And yeah, I just, um, you know, like I said, I would rather just lie down a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure if, uh, so how, if I got COVID, how would I tell <laughs> if I had COVID? <laughs> because you, well, no, that still wouldn't be true because I was like, all my sedentary life nerd habits you know really work out in this case because i'm like maybe i'll just sit here and play something on the computer for another eight hours well uh we hope you guys have a speedy recovery yes thank you counting on it so trevor we're we're continuing round two mm-hmm. what uh other than invincible <laughs> what what matchups are we talking about this week? Um, well, what matchup would you like to talk about? I'm sure we can talk about any of them. I don't even remember which ones we talked about last week, um, but we'll just start with X-Men versus the abomination known as Warhammer Fantasy. <laughs> is there a job description in Warhammer Fantasy? Sorry, this is the minis game. Yeah, I know all this game. I thought it was RPG, but... Is there a job description that involves killing the killing a cyclops? Because if so, then I will totally vote for Warhammer Fantasy. I don't I don't know if there's cyclopses in that game at all. Um, not I mean there used to be Fimir. I don't know if they're in the game. They're kind of a cyclops looking troll thing. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't answer that, Josh. My my caring for Warhammer Fantasy is so minis is so low. Like it's not yeah, even yeah. on the scale. <laughs> I do enjoy um, seeing like the the pictures of them as I sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was going to say, like, <laughs> don't you think the the modern incarnation of it probably added to the weight of its voting in the first round? No, I think it's all nostalgia. It's people. Do you really? Into, yeah, people got okay. into miniatures by playing Warhammer Fantasy ages ago, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. most of most of them don't play it anymore, but they still have fond memories of it because of you know how it got them into the hobby, et cetera. Et cetera. Sure, sure. And there, there's nothing um, wrong. I I think you might be underselling how popular Age of Sigmar is. I mean, it's, it's considered a better game. Like, granted, this is, you know, damning with faint praise, tripping over the low <laughs> bar. <clears throat> but it's considered a better game than, than 40K right now. Wow. Sure. sure. I, I, I'm not saying that this is not being played. I'm just saying that I think that a big portion of... Um, you think a lot of the voting was nostalgic? In our community, yes. Sure. The, the yeah. people who listen to us, I think a lot of it was nostalgic. Um, I think that overall... Certainly there, if, if, if you were looking at just audience that were consuming Warhammer Fantasy versus Invincible, um, certainly there's way more people consuming Warhammer Fantasy, um, Invincible comic. That may change over time. But I think in a like manner, the number of people who've consumed X-Men and have fond memories of it is just dwarfs Warhammer Fantasy. I, I think this is going to be another landslide, but, but I could Oh, sure. Right. For X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I wish is that... Um, you know, because in the business world, we have like things like the uh, Myers-Briggs test and the DISC <laughs> test and, you know, emotional intelligence. There's all these ways to like understand a person better. Like I basically wish that War- Warhammer Fantasy Mini's uh, faction selection could be used as like a Rorschach test. <laughs> because then I could go to my psychologist and be like, why do I love the Skaven so much? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to see the opposite. I need one of those, you know, these are the things you enjoy in miniatures games. This is the faction you should play. Because anytime I ever look at Warhammer 40K in the modern version, yeah, especially compared to the old version or Warhammer Fantasy or Age of Sigmar, any of those, there's so many factions. I, I wouldn't know where to even start to jump in at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. probably the same problem with, with War Machine as well. You know, when, when I jumped into War Machine, there was nine factions, you know, five uh, War Machine, four hordes or whatever there were at the time. And and now there's 16, I'm guessing. I don't know. How many are there, Jay? A bunch. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, it makes it so hard. I, I guess, you know, the games need to grow and, and get bigger, but... I think when I jumped into Warhammer 40K, I mean, considering the Space Marines were just a single faction, if I were to do that, I mean, there were five factions, four or five factions, you know, in the early yeah, days. 25, 30. Yeah, who knows? I mean, back then it was like you were, you played Chaos, you played Eldar, you played Imperial Guard, you played um, Orcs, you played Space Marines. And certainly there were factions, sub-factions within those, but... You know, it wasn't hard to look at and go, yeah, I want to put a bunch of green guys on the table. I'll play orcs. Or I want to put, yeah, or I want a bunch of high costed, you know, um, high value targets on the table. I'll play Eldar. Or I want to be the generic good guys. I'll play, and I use that term very loosely. I'll play. Yeah. (laughs) I'll play Space Marine. I guess my my two comments on on your request, Josh, (laughs) is one joke I saw that that made me laugh was, um, it said like the the Meyer Briggs personality tests are essentially horoscopes for business people. Yeah. Which <laughs> 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 that made me laugh. Um, oh, that's yeah. amazing. That's like delicious. <laughs> the other thing that kind of makes me laugh is 
or what what made me think of uh you you mentioned like you know whatever faction you pick what that says about you as a person yeah the the one where that actually does an area in life where that seems to actually carry over fairly well is like in band and what musical instruments people pick (laughs) (laughs) and so there's some people where it's like i'll i'll know the person and then i'll like find out that they play trumpet and i'll be like oh yeah of course they play trumpet (laughs) or (laughs) it's 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 sort of funny my my wife plays french horn and trumpet but she plays trumpet bass because she knows how to play the french horn but anytime anytime one of my boys is extra loud and my wife says that's loud even to me and my wife and i say yeah and she plays the trumpet (laughs) she doesn't find that as funny as i do (laughs) (laughs) but it, it is kind of funny how how well it it fits, yes. It so do you think sometimes. that would work? Like, would your band instrument um, translate to a faction type very well? That's the next tool we need to develop. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, if you, you play know. the drums, you're an orc. If you, if you play <laughs> the trumpet, clearly you're going to play Signar. I have no idea. I don't, I don't think I know band personalities well enough. Mm. And I feel like I should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I raised a bunch of musicians, but none of them were in band. So if you guys had control of these uh, things, X-Men and Warhammer Fantasy minis or Age of Sigmar, whatever the, the current product is, uh, what would you do if you had control of it? I, I mean, if I owned Age of Sigmar, I would roll around in piles of cash. <laughs> <laughs> just like Point of whatever, order. You're, whatever you're doing, boys, keep at it. <laughs> full steam ahead you wouldn't you wouldn't reboot it in any way change the the base rules i'm not a fan of ballistic skill and weapon skill and wounding and i mean i realize that age of Sigmar probably doesn't do that it, it yeah, just I feels like I the whole care. system probably needs to okay uh what i would do and this is i'm a i'm a clearly a victim of nostalgia as much as anybody but i would basically get the age of sigmar world uh, put into a Dawn of War style video game. Uh, that that was one of my favorite RTSs ever. But I think it's partly because of like who I played it with and just the you know where I was in life at the time that I played it and stuff like that. Because I'm pretty sure if I played an RTS today, I would throw my monitor through the window. Mm, I don't know. I can't I think the last time I've even tried an RTS like. And maybe it's just because I've been playing so much turn-based lately that I'm like... I'm assuming the last one you played is probably StarCraft II. Um, there, yeah, there really, probably. There really hasn't been a lot. I mean, they've kind of just... Uh, once uh, Dota and um, that thing hit, real-time strategy games just sort of became passe. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? The, 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 the real-time strategy crowd really moved to the MOBA, um, I feel like, pretty strongly. A lot of them did. And it just, I don't think game companies were like, well, we'll just make our MOBA next. You know, and they just sort of, I don't, man, I know that there's still real-time strategy games being made out there, but I feel like MOBAs really took over that for Took it for over that space. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. I really have fond memories of that. And that was a 40K setting. I just think it'd be cool to see. I mean, the thing that's funny is like, I should go look right now. Games Workshop has a ton of video games, right? Yeah, I guess really, really I should bad, just play... Though. Right, but I mean, I guess really what I should do is just play more of um, 
Total War Warhammer because that's really exactly what I just described, isn't it? Yeah. Except for it doesn't have the it's not modern yet, is it? it does it have the Age of Sigmar stuff? Jay, is that is that what I was playing with when I played the couple missions of it that I've played so far? Oh, it's I mean it's the, it's the same lore and stuff like one of the if when you start out you can play high elves and one of their legendary lords that you can play is Teclas. Um, and I mean Teclas is a model that you can buy right now. Mm, okay. So there, I already got my wish, Trevor. Look at that. I'm so good at answering the <laughs> "What would I do if I controlled the property?" question. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. We already spent way too much time on it. So. All right. Um, let's um let's talk about Baldur's Gate. Uh, which I actually was a little surprised at how much love there was for it. Um, I thought Stranger Things would probably perform a little better, but it didn't. Um, and then it's going to, I realize that it's probably an auto loss against the MCU, but we can at least talk about um, our fond memories of Baldur's Gate or maybe even the MCU. I kind uh, of feel like I should play it on the, on the iPad. Like I have fond enough memories of that game that I feel like it deserves another look from me. Because I played Planescape Torment, which is like the grandfather of Baldur's Gate, right, on the iPad and really enjoyed it. That was a couple of years ago on Jay's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Because usually I do the opposite of Jay's. I take a recommend and somehow find joy in it. It <laughs> sounds like a lot, a much healthier dynamic, Josh. <laughs> or, or you're better at knowing your audience than me is more likely. Um, but yeah, I like, I, uh, I just, I, I just remember loving the characters so much, like, and I couldn't tell you, it's sort of like Trevor talking about reading Dresden files. Like, I don't think I could tell you the plot points or anything right yeah, now. No, no. Uh, um, I Basically, can't tell you, I can't tell you any of the plot points either, but I will tell you that quite frequently if, if there's a battle cry that needs to be said in the house, it is go for the eyes boo. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. See, and so I I've... didn't even play that much of the series at all. I, but I, I mean, I, and I'm not the type to actually read the dialogue between characters. So yeah, I... that does not surprise me. Like you're too busy doing <laughs> completionism well, things, not right? The, it it wasn't a read thing. It's it was one of his quips that they would do audio. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Is that was an audio a battle cry when you went into battle? He would say that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And am I wrong? But is it wasn't it one of the first games that you could say like did well voice acted? You know, I don't even know. though it was just quips and stuff. But like, I think it, it feels like it was pretty ahead of its time because of that. Mm, I mean, there was a lot of things that were moving that way at that time, but certainly. Um, yeah, I, I think that there was not a lot of great voice acting in video games at the time. Most of those characters are pretty well. The funny mm-hmm. thing is, is they those audio lines were so well done that they reused them in multiple games thereafter, including. Um, oh, Never- really? Yeah, the same voice acting is in Neverwinter Nights. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's funny. Like you in Neverwinter Nights, you make your own character. You don't necessarily have the characters that you get in Baldur's Gate. But you get the opportunity to pick what their voice line is, and as you go through them, they are characters from Baldur's Gate. That is funny. I don't know. I mean, it feels like this is a instance of Baldur's Gate is a, a beloved property that is still just going to get smashed by the MCU. Which, I mean, probably but justifies I mean, so. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, are you watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Because doesn't doesn't, doesn't the smashing feel so good? <laughs> I, I 
I like I am enjoying it, but I did enjoy um I think I enjoyed WandaVision better. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's fair. So anyway, I I'm I am enjoying it. The MCU is a I mean, I don't know that it'll ever be recreated in a meaningful way, even though the DC universe keeps trying. Yeah, it certainly won't be for lack of trying, right? <laughs> that people will Okay, well let's go into the next one. Um let's talk about this. Did we talk about Dune and Expanse last time? Yes, we did. we did. Yeah, because okay. that, that that was my heartbreaker. I, I wanted but to honestly, push the thumb in a little bit deeper. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> I, my heart is more broken for your invincible loss <laughs> than for Twilight Imperium. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I, I, I hope that some people go and read it and come back and say thank you for the recommend. I enjoyed it. That's, I mean, it is like your bone thing, which also lost. Um, right. Expect, expectedly, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, the funny thing is, is I've recommended and retweeted a million of the um, things from the Amazon series because it's pretty hot right now. And um, I haven't, nobody's come back and said I watched it and I enjoyed it. So maybe they aren't enjoying it or maybe they're enraptured by it and they just haven't come back yet. Or maybe, maybe they're waiting for the series to end. I think if I were, if I had not read the comic and I were watching the series right now, I would, I would probably want, I mean, I, I'm at this point anyway. Um, but it's from things that happen at the end of the comic, not the beginning, but I would want to strangle Kirkman. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And I haven't watched enough of the walking dead, but I've read a little bit of the comic and I think that he just, he evokes that feeling. And I think he, I mean, clearly he loves evoking that feeling in my mold. So, but the ending of the very first, uh, Amazon episode, just so anyway. Um, yeah, I think that feeling definitely sparks joy in Robert Kirkman. (laughs) Yes. Uh, let's do, uh, Warhammer 40k versus Mad Max, which I actually was a little surprised as much, um, fandom as there was. I love Mad Max and clearly I was, you know, happy that it won, um, even though it beat out one of my other favorite properties, but it got a lot more votes than I was expecting. Um, you're saying Mad Max did? Yep. Oh. But I don't think it's going to be able to beat out Warhammer 40k. And I think that's, I think that's... Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like, especially because our audience is heavily into miniatures games, um, I think it'll probably be voted. But the truth is, is I have a lot of people who don't listen to this podcast, who don't normally follow me on Twitter, who end up vo- voting on it on Twitter. And they just see two properties and they vote. Right. Um, yeah. But they, a lot of times they're friends of friends, so it's still within yeah. inside the miniatures community in many ways. But So that's why you think 40K will end up having enough weight to overcome Mad Max? I think in our group, yeah. I mean, if you, if this were to go out to um, maybe a general audience or even a little bit more general geeky audience, I think Mad Max would probably win. But it's so I have I have a the, a Mad Max uneducated question, which is like what what is the Mad Max crossover to other property types that's been successful? Like where is my Mad Max like video game? Um, is there a novel that's in the Mad Max style that I should read? Maybe even a graphic novel, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a board game, but I guess Gaslands is really the Mad Max board game, right? Other than there's, there's some, quite a few. some other post-apocalyptic ones that sort of are. So when you say crossover, you don't necessarily mean, um, licensed. Not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily. Because like, th- there have been... Um, there was a Mad Max Xbox. I would be afraid that a licensed one would just be garbage. I I don't know. I never actually played the Mad Max game that came out on Xbox, but it was pretty popular when it first came out. It came out shortly after Fury Road. 
Okay. I'm speaking of crossovers. This is an appropriate time to discuss this. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this crossover happening, but I definitely want to hear Josh's reaction to it. So, what's your reaction to 40k themed Magic: The Gathering cards? <laughs> Are they? Is it a separate game? No, I don't think so. It's a set of Magic that's coming out. Uh, be still my heart because capitalism just <laughs> to no freaking end. It's like, when he said that, it made me think of like the Jurassic Park <laughs> quote, like life finds a way. <laughs> this is basically oh, capitalism. I thought you were going to quote the quote of you crazy son of a bitch. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> But yeah, they're so this summer they're coming out with you've probably heard of this one, um, but they're coming out with Forgotten Realms themed magic cards. But then I'm not sure when the release date is, but they're they're so doing basically a, it will just be like skinned magic, right? Yeah, I assume so. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, the so, setting seems so weird, but the setting of magic is so gone at this point anyway. Yeah, yeah. It is like. I do still find it's it's kind of funny. Like I've had um, friends who've been like, "Oh, you should you should play Runes of Legends of Runeterra or something like that." Runeterra, yeah. which is a, a decent card game, but like I just can't get into it because I don't care about the theme and I don't care about League of Legends, and so it's like just a that's a big drawback for me. And Magic, like the the Magic setting and universes it just has like a lot more appeal to me than than a lot of the other card games that are out there i just thought that was kind of interesting so um so josh to answer your question um the comic a comic that i've read that is very much mad max ish is called Mm -hmm. uh, it's a series short series i think there's four or five comics in series called dead run um it's it's about a character who has to make a run across the wasteland in a in a car, it's very much Mad Maxi. Uh, there's a comic called Savage Highway that I think is you know, very much based in this. There's been RPGs over the years. Um, After the Bomb is a good example. There's a, a um, I think it's called V6. It was a six-sided die game that was based on a post-apocalyptic car setting. Um, I mean, there's there's just there's a lot of this stuff, but if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't necessarily find it. Um, but it's out there. There's plenty of it. It's something that I enjoy, so I see a lot of it. The one okay. thing that hasn't happened is is the um, TV show or other movies picking up the genre. It's almost like they're maybe a little afraid to be sued by mm. by the 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 Mad Max you know multiverse sort of uh, conglomerate. Because I I mean I you would expect if like for example Cyberpunk you know you see that sort of thing hit other places. And there are similar movies to post-apocalyptic, obviously, but I can't think of any that mm, off the top of my head that use cars like that. So I'm curious on this one. What I'm assuming we're unanimous on voting for Mad Max, even though Josh hasn't watched. Even though I'm a Mad Max noob. Yeah. I mean, I I probably (laughs) will vote the way I feel that I'm expected to vote. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I, I have some really fond memories of 40K, and it's the game that got me into uh, miniatures gaming. And I've played lots of 40K-based 
video games that I've loved, um, Dawn of War and 1 and 2 being the most formative for me. Um, and I played hours and hours and hours of those. But the older I've gotten, the less I like the setting. And that's supposed to be its kind of call to fame. Mm. But the more, the older I get, the more I look at the models where they're like, well, if one, if one skull's good enough, how about 50? Can we put 50 <laughs> skulls on this model? Um, as yeah, long I mean, as skulls have skulls. I, I, one of the, one of the reasons I couldn't play 40k is I, I'm kind of with Trevor. I, I think like half of the line looks awful. Um, but I, I also, the Age of I Sigmar mean, line almost all looks amazing. So yeah, it is and possible I, for them to make awesome models. <laughs> and I guess I just, I, I've never, my, I've never really liked Space Marines. And I guess if you don't like Space Marines or their style, I mean, I was always like, well, what is the antithesis of Space Marines? I'll play that. I'll play Chaos. <laughs> and uh, so, I don't know. Can I, can I have a Space Marine with a with a horn and some demon tentacles or something? Okay, that's what I like. Uh, I don't know. It, to me, Mad Max has invented a whole genre. Um, and there are a lot of things that follow in those footsteps. And I, I just think it's amazing. And it came out at a formative time in my life. So, I'll be voting for this. Okay, well, next property. Um. I can't. We didn't talk about Arkham Horror versus Warcraft last week, did we? No. Okay. I don't think so, we had that result quite yet. So Arkham Horror beat out <laughs> Harry Potter, which to me is a win in and of itself. I we could just pick up our bag, go home, <laughs> and I would be I would be blown away happy. Um, Warcraft absolutely smashed Old Man's War. That wasn't even close. So now these two properties. I mean, it feels like this is one of the another one of those. Inevitable. Yeah, we're like I I realize that Arkham Horror is going to get crushed by Warcraft, um, but it doesn't make me feel any better about it. Am I wrong? Is the are the Arkham Horror fans going to come out of the, the shadows? That would have to be like some serious non-Euclidean geometry to get enough <laughs> votes for Arkham Horror. Like I will suspect cult involvement if Arkham Horror beats Warcraft. Okay, like, let me honestly. Put- that would be amazing. Way, Josh. Josh, I know you love Arkham Horror and, and many of the iterations of the board games and other things have come out. If you had control of Arkham Horror, what property that's different than what they've already done would you come up with? Oh, like what would I do with it, do you mean? Yeah. I mean, are we going to see Arkham Horror, the miniatures game? I, I, I have an answer for you, Josh. Jay's ready for me. All right, lay it on me. So this combines uh, two great things that taste great together. Uh, but I'm ready for the Fantasy Flight Arkham Horror Legacy board game. Oh my gosh. That would be nuts. That would be nuts in the best possible way. (laughs) Right? Where do I I sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, I rescind any particular answer. Uh, That would be incredible. Jay wins. Jay wins the internet. Why do you Take think they money. haven't done it yet? Like, what's, I want to play this game. What's the holdup, do you think? I'm guessing we're actually... That is probably in development. Um, the reason why I say that is I think that the new Descent is is going to be kind of similar to that, and I'm guessing they're going to do Descent and then <laughs> make a Arkham Horror version. Uh, I, hope, I hope that those are... The only thing that those two share in common is the word legacy. <laughs> I mean, I, I I love Mansions of Madness, and it is much closer to Descent than the standard Arkham Horror is. 
But I don't need Arkham Horror to become Mansions of Madness 3.0. Mansions of Madness 2.0 sure. is already perfect the way it is. And I would I would play it 100% 10 times out of 10 over anything December at this point. Mm. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, um, like, so I, I think there is a an Xbox game, an Arkham Horror Xbox game that's like a investigative mm. mystery game. I I don't know that it got good reviews, but I, I was intrigued by it. There have been several. I I will find the one, because I, I can't remember the right title or whatever, but I will find the one that I found that I enjoyed the most, that it had... The truth is the greatest Arkham Horror or Lovecraftian video game that ever existed was on the Nintendo GameCube, and it was called um, Eternal Darkness. And it it like tried to do things like convince you that your television had turned off, um, you know, or like it would throw up static on the screen just out of the blue, you know. But it was a this third-person adventure game where you ended up playing through lives of like five or six different characters, I think. And it all came together in this huge cosmic, you know, just felt very Lovecraftian. It's called Eternal Darkness Annie's Requiem. One of the, probably one of the games I have played the most in succession uh, because I just like, I was compelled to keep playing it. And like, after you played it so many times, you unlocked like this deeper ending or whatever. I mean, it was like, I literally went insane playing the game. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and um, anyway, they just need to do something like that with the full-on licensed, quote-unquote license. I mean, it's all in the freaking uh, public domain at this point, right? But I'm not sure but, if all of it is, but it, I mean enough of it that yes. But you get what I mean, right? Like use the Lovecraftian creatures and monsters and and blah blah blah. And 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 let's have let's have at it with that, please. Like. Yeah. So Jay, you have made your hatred of Warcraft known repeatedly. If you mm-hmm. had control of the franchise, uh, what product would you do to make yourself uh, even more money? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I would make a, I'd, I'd make a Warcraft game that doesn't suck, and then. <laughs> I would assume I would make even more money. I don't know. I mean, uh, a, a turn-based, uh, turn-based strategy Warcraft game. Jay's a simple man, really, Trevor. I I think that that would sell well. See, there we go. Are either of you interested in in Diablo Four? Are you guys? I'm sure Jay isn't, but are, Josh, are you? Are you? Or or the Diablo remastered? I played a lot of Diablo Two. I'm honestly not. Like I um. I picked up Diablo 3 on my Switch and fiddled around with it briefly, but it just it just didn't hit with me anymore for some so reason. So as as someone who has played Diablo on both my PC and on my Xbox, let me just say that the console versions of Diablo do not they don't stack just, up. They don't stack up well, and and most yeah, it's because fair. of it's because of the mouse interface. I mean, many of the menus were. In, I mean, just to to go through on the Switch or the Xbox and change your gear is a is a chore. Whereas with the mouse, it's some, it's just a point and click real quickly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things I hate is I actually I didn't want to buy five copies of Diablo three for me and my wife and my kids. Although I and my wife already have it, but I didn't want to buy three more copies, so I bought a single copy for the Xbox. My kids all play it together, 
But the problem is, is that when you go back to town and you have to put, you know, sell things to the um, the merchant or change your equipment, it is literally get up, go to the bathroom, get a drink while everyone else does theirs because only one person at a time can do it. Mm. And it is yeah, that's it is miserable. incredibly miserable. Yeah, which so my kids never really bought into it. They played it quite a bit, but I think that had I spent the money to buy them copies on their computers they probably would have enjoyed it a lot more having said all that i'm probably still not gonna get it on the computer but i'm gonna watch the freaking cinematics on youtube (laughs) because i'm a total sucker for blizzard cinematics okay uh last bracket or last in this side of the bracket last matchup spider-man movies and versus dungeons and dragons uh that's gonna be a slugfest i feel like yeah i'm actually not exactly sure how this one's gonna go I'd, I'd like to I'm assuming that D and D is going to win. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that for certain. I'm. I'm. I'm curious. Let's let's pull the hosts. I'm. I'm going to guess that Trevor will go with Spider. Sorry, Trevor will go with D and D. Josh will go with Spider Man. Is is that correct? It will totally depend on how the mood takes me, Jay. <laughs> like if it comes time to vote, and for some reason I'm not thinking about Miles Morales and Into the Spider Verse. I will accidentally vote for Dungeons and Dragons, most likely. But as long as my head's on straight, yeah, it, it'll go Spider-Man. Did you play the PS4 Spider-Man, Josh? I did, yes. Uh, quite joyously. Are you going to PS5 to play the Miles Morales version of it? Eventually. Yeah, I totally anticipate doing that. Uh, my I started I, playing God of War this week, though, and so that's really going to affect my parenting style for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, son, you need to carry around this axe. Boy, boy. <laughs> um, I uh, I had control of my PS5 for all of about 15 minutes until my <laughs> oldest boy saw the Spider-Man game. And oh shoot! <laughs> I I don't know where he's at. He got grounded because he swore at his teacher yesterday. Ah, uh, but if it weren't for that, I'm pretty sure he would finish the first game, the PS4 version, this weekend. It's so good. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think that if Dungeon Dragons Dungeons and Dragons beat out beats out Spider Man, that it probably goes all the way to the final four. MCU. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it probably runs into Star Wars or MCU. You're saying you think this is its biggest competitor right here? Mm, I mean, the options are uh, the options are Warhammer 40k, Mad Max, Dune, The Expanse, Arkham Horror, Warcraft, or Spider Man. I actually think that that Spider Man probably is its biggest. The for Warhammer probably being the second most. Yeah likely candidate to beat it out but i just think that dungeons probably beats all of those um it is dungeons and dragons is the the one seed of this bracket so that's not unexpected but um it will depend <coughs> on what happens here i guess and what did uh, you you never really responded to my guest forever which which one are you likely to vote for I'd have a hard time not voting for Dungeons and Dragons. It's such a big part of my not necessarily current, although I do have a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, but just who I am and what I've become in my life because of D and D. I mean, I I have I have a room dedicated to RPGs, and I have shelves and shelves of RPGs, all because of Advanced Dungeons uh, 30 years ago. At this point, it would be hard for me to go against that. So, if you guys had control of Dungeons and Dragons, what product would you create? I mean, I already saw it on Imgur the other day, so I'm just going to bring it up. Like, I think it exists, but it's basically the Kaiju-verse uh, D&D. So they've statted out, 
like different kaiju and you can play as them. I'm like, so basically it's Pacific Rim, the Dungeons and Dragons um, <laughs> module. <laughs> there was um uh, back in the 90s, there was a Council of Worms, I think was the box set that allowed you to all play as 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 chromatic dragons. dragons. Yeah. OK. Um, and, and there was another one where you all played goblins. I was trying to remember the name of that book. Um, I mean, there's just so many opportunities in that universe that that haven't necessarily been explored. I mean, like the Men's of Baranzan box that allowed everyone to play evil drow within the politics of the uh, Underdark, et cetera. There's just a lot of really cool things. Um, so I would probably I I don't think that this would be a well-selling re-release, but um, I guess if I was in charge of R&D, I would force them to uh, put out some. Um, Planescape books in fifth edition. Yeah, it was my I, it was it was my favorite AD and D setting. Yeah, so. and I would I would actually do a similar thing. Um, I always loved Dark Sun. Um, it wasn't well balanced. Mm, yeah. It wasn't um, a great mechanically sound setting, but but <laughs> the, the lore of it and the art style and yeah, that was the, cool. The Flipbook Adventures. I mean, the Flipbook, flipbook Adventures, Adventures. What did you never play Dark Sun, Josh? Uh, Dark Sun is like <coughs> caveman, like primal meets magic, right? Like kind of. Mm, I would say it's Mad Max meets primal dark magic. Okay, but I never played it. No, so I, no, I'm it's, just sort it's, of like tangentially I mean, aware of the of the set. Metal is rare. Yeah, metal is rare. It's a psionics. desert world. Psionics are the the. There's not really very many magic users. There's there's different um, races and classes that are only available. Like well, at that time were only available things like Thrykreen and the Mule. And some of the other things that weren't really available in other game settings, uh, but it it was sort of kind of in the tail end of second edition AD and D, and TSR was sort of um, getting a little too big for their britches, and they were putting out splat books every month, and I think they were probably not making as much money as they wanted, so they tried something a little different. And what they did with Dark Sun was they made these flip book adventures. Okay, it was an adventure just like any other. A module that you would run for D&D, except for when you bought the box set for for um, Dark Sun, it came with this flip book. And the flip book had two sides. You would, you'd stand it up like a, a, a sandwich board. Okay. And on one side of each sheet, you would flip it over so that the players could see it. It would have art. And on the other side, where the DM was looking, it had the adventure. He could he read his box text. He had the stats, everything he needed to run the adventure. So, I mean, it's sort of like the predecessor of here's my tablet. You can see the picture while I have, you know, my laptop behind the screen. But it was it was a very simple and easy way for the DM to run the adventure. Huh. Um, anyway, I just, there was just so much about it that was enjoyable. It was intended to be very deadly as opposed to most of the other settings. And it did a good job of that, honestly. It started the characters off at third level because it's like, you know, our creatures don't really start until this particular level and you're going to die if you're any lower. They had, you know, thematic reasons. It was life on on in the dark sun universe is so hard that just growing up takes you to third level etc (laughs) but it was it was really well done and it was so (laughs) different and unique as compared to all the other uh, dnd settings i just some of the some of the dark sun splat books were the ones like power gamers would find little nuggets in that were just like completely overpowered for Well, what like, is that was. why Psionics got, like, a bad rep? Is, is it Dark yes. Sun and the Power Gamer's fault, basically? So the Psionics handbook was pretty broken, but to make it even worse, in Dark Sun, you didn't, when you 
the Cyrox handbook and, and the way it worked in Dark Sun is you didn't gain spell levels. Like when you leveled up, you didn't pick a new, you know, third level spell or fourth right. level spell or fifth level spell. You picked a new psionic and all the psionics were um, kind of, they had points. Essentially, you earned points and you spent points towards those powers. And so to give you an example, um, in one of the games we played at character creation, uh, one of the psionics in our party, and this was not uncommon. I'm sure that there's other people out there who can share the same story because it happened a lot who could do Disintegrate at level 3. <laughs> so the character was level 3. They were casting a level 9 spell, the equivalent of, but it was a psionic instead of a spell. But sure. they were casting, you know, they were disintegrating a 10 by 10 cube of some creature's chest. You know, I'm just going to disintegrate it. <laughs> and I think even at that point, it did like, I don't remember, a ridiculous amount of damage. I mean, it was it was pretty broken OP. Uh, the problem with Dark Sun is it took a very creative and... and on task GM to run the game and have it be fun. Cause it uh-huh. quickly, if you didn't, it quickly devolved into power game central. So the other, uh, other one, if we're in like this fantasy world where you can do whatever, um, this one I actually think would be really popular, uh, but isn't going to happen because of legal reasons and because Watsy's bastards, but, um, dragon Lance, I think would get a lot of excitement if it had products that came out for it. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Yeah, I I never um I never read any of the books and I never played in the setting. I know very little about Dragonlance. Mm. It's I mean it's pretty generic fantasy honestly, but yeah yeah it, it just it hit with a lot of people. But it has dragons and lances, so mm-hmm. yep yep. <laughs> so there you go. And I you mean, can would, combine the two at some point. I would I was I'd be interested just on that strength right there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. See. Okay, well, the voting will be live. Um, subscribe to the Patreon, and, and you can make your vote count for even more. And you can hear our bonus episodes. And thank you for listening.